0: the pet health and happiness podcast from bella and duke keeping you at the cutting edge of pet nutrition behavior and health with expert interviews mythbusters and more to help your pet lead a healthier happier life hi tony hi hi Thanks How having so- me on no problem. Yeah. I've been wanting to have you on for ages and now we've got the space. You just got back from your holes. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah.
1: Well, listen, Mark, we did it. We did an interview for my podcast and I loved it. So I've been really looking forward to catching up.
0: Great. Fantastic. So t- Tony, for, the, for the, 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 our listeners who, who don't know you or, or probably know you from yeah. the TV, from Sky Sports and stuff, do you want to talk a little bit about your, what you do?
1: Yeah, basically jack of all trades, master of none. But I do, I do. Uh, I sometimes worry that I spread myself a little bit too thinly. But yeah, I've been uh, a broadcaster for about twenty five years, uh, and I've been on Sky Sports for fifteen years. I do that three days a week, um, and kind of on the side, I was always the bloke who did all that self help stuff. <laughs> I um, studied in NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and, and wrote three books on that. And more recently. The last five years or so, I've been doing a podcast on Zestology, which has veered into the weird and wonderful world of biohacking, which I know you're very into as well. And um, there's uh, lots of kind of health and wellness, and it's a specific focus on energy. Um, And and that's because I got very ill. I went to the jungle a few years ago and um, contracted a virus um, and didn't have any energy for ages. In fact, I was in bed for quite a few months, so that's why I wanted to do a podcast on energy.
0: Right. And and when when you were doing your research on the the energy part, I mean, what was the doctor suggesting at that point? Was they?
1: Uh, I mean, it's really interesting because I went to five different neurologists and, um, you know, spoke to all sorts of doctors and they said, and it's very interesting in relation to what's going on at the moment. There are a lot of viruses that just haven't been discovered in the world (laughs) at the moment, especially kind of tropical viruses like I had. They said, we know you've had a, a viral infection from your kind of blood count, we just don't know what it was. And we know that you can have a post viral reaction to that. So it was a very frustrating time. And, and what, what was the general treatment that they suggest for that then? Um, I, I mean, they just, to be honest, they didn't know. They just really? said, you could, I mean, you know, conventional medicine said wait it out. Non conventional medicine was absolutely stunning. And I went to see this emotional freedom therapist. I don't know if you've ever delved into tapping before. You tap on various parts of the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely brilliant and he specialized in chronic fatigue and that's the reason i went to see him um i thought i'm not into all this tapping stuff but i'll (laughs) I'll try that out because i've tried everything else out and within 10 minutes no joke mark i knew i was going to be okay it was just the most incredible thing you know and he said the really hard thing for people to understand is that what's going on in their mind plays a role in their physical symptoms And that is still hard for people. It's still hard for me to understand now, to to think that the way I was thinking was contributing to a physical manifestation of all these ailments that I was having. Um, And from that moment on, I started to get better.
0: I mean, the simplest thing you do, just like, here, I move my little finger, or that's my little finger. And it it just happens. We don't think about how much control the brain has without thinking about it. And and it's amazing. I know, yes. So how did that lead on to, to the biohacking? And I'd love to take, have your little take on what biohacking actually means to you because biohacking is obviously a term banded around uh, what you think biohacking is and uh, what was it actually in biohacking that you went, oh, that's just twigged with me and I, that's something I want to pursue.
1: I suppose I, you know, because I wasn't very well I, and I, because conventional medicine couldn't really offer me many answers, I was interested in exploring the other options out there and I kind of got onto Dave Asprey's podcast and I <laughs> yeah. just kind of started listening to that. It was simple as that, really. And then, you know, he had some guests that kind of very much resonated with my view of the world on trying to live a bit more naturally and yeah. a bit more ancestrally, um, cleaning up my diet. And then almost on a whim, I just thought, Do you know what? I don't know anyone going at all, but I'm going to book to go to the biohacking conference um, in L.A., in Pasadena. And so kind of did that. But so that that's where it all started for me.
0: And then um, opened the world.
1: Yeah, open the world, yeah, and and a community as well. You know, made some great friends, had such a laugh there. I didn't realise, you know, it was really nice. It wasn't people taking their health seriously at all. It was all like parties and having a good laugh and drinking biodynamic (laughs) wine. You know, I always say it's more of a festival than a conference going to these things. So that's where it all started for me.
0: And a very clean festival. (laughs) Very clean, very clean. clean. Uh, And in in terms of um, when you, because what we find definitely in the raw feeding of, of dogs people often come to it because their dog they've been to every single vet like your story and the last thing they tried is like let's yeah. just change the food and stuff like that so from what you've done like if, if you were to take like go back 10 years to what you're doing now five things that you would do right now that you that you'd say I'll, I'll never not go you know i'll never go back to what i was doing 10 years ago i mean if there were, it was five things what would they what would they be uh, listen,
1: ten years ago, I was probably drinking forty units more alcohol a week, <laughs>
0: um,
1: and I wouldn't have changed it then. And I certainly wouldn't go back to that now. I couldn't. I couldn't handle more than about two yeah. units of alcohol a week now. Um, I mean, the other thing, Mark, is that you know at Sky, I do a lot of late shifts, so I'll be okay. I'll be presenting Sky Sports News at ten. I'll leave the office at midnight, and I used to get home and i would read i would eat i would stay up until four o'clock in the morning i'd faff about i'd eventually get to bed i didn't feel it i probably had the advantage of youth on my side at that point a lot more Mm -hmm. than as well but certainly trying to align my circadian rhythms as much as possible and if i do work late getting back and getting into bed no snacks late night yeah um a cleaner diet as well you know i mean the, the the issue for me ever since i was 18 really i always had a dodgy gut and i could never work out why i knew that pizza and beer didn't make it any better yeah i just didn't know much about it and now i understand a lot more you know a low histamine diet suits me very well so interesting that would be that would be something that you know i'd never go back i'd never go back to eating a lot so give an example
0: of a a food, an ingredient that causes a histamine reaction
1: well this is i mean you know that probably the highest histamine thing of all is red wine yeah um, and fermented foods anything fermented is so like yogurt um Chocolate is quite high in histamine. I mean, basically, I'm saying all the delicious stuff, aren't I? <laughs> a- to... Avocado. Everyone's as well. just
0: switched off. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. The,
1: the thing is, it's when you hear about it, you think, "Oh no, this is like this is just too much." But when you feel as much better as I do on the low histamine diet, and anyone who suffers from hay fever, by the way, might benefit from this. I mean, actually, I discovered this about a year and a half ago, and. It has been an absolute life changer. I've got the Ura Ring stats to prove it, Mark. I even set up a a separate little kind of histamine passion project website on it because it's just because I like blogging about it and I like telling other people about it. And it's been a life changer for me.
0: And we'll get that blog post, we'll put it in the notes as well. Because I think, I mean, I suffer from that all the time. And I know if I've had food, and it's called a histamine uh, reaction, then anything on top of that, like normal hay fever, I'm just yeah. 10 times as worse. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my sleep, you know, like you yeah, I've got the, the, the aura ring, yeah. I just, my sleep's just all out and the rest of it. So we're talking about nutrition, uh, avoiding histamine reaction, good yeah. sleep. Yeah. So how are you dealing with the sleep at the moment? If you're, are you still getting home at 12? Well, obviously COVID maybe be playing a little bit, but are yeah, you still going to get eight hours? Or?
1: Yeah. So so now, I mean, the, one of the easiest hacks was I moved 10 minutes down the road from Sky. So it's not <laughs> a, a long drive home and yeah. I could be in bed by 12.30 if, you know, if I'm off air at 12. Do you know what? I, I'm, I'm much more finely attuned to when I feel good and when I don't. Mm-hmm. so i i do notice those late shifts a lot but i just try to get him to bed and go to sleep as quickly as possible and not faff about i mean also once you've got kids you haven't really got the luxury of lying in until 11 o'clock anyway so that that's a factor as well
0: yeah yeah that's gonna enter and interesting at that o-ring you get quite a good uh, uh, it tells you though to slow down the following do, do you follow the o-rings advice or are you like me you'll still jump on maybe the peloton or whatever else
1: yeah i don't i i I sometimes think I love the aura ring, but the readiness score is not something that I pay mm. much attention to on that theme though. I've been delving in one of my kind of real areas. I tend to kind of just get fully involved in anything that I'm particularly interested in, just like you, I know. Yeah. And, um, I've been reading Walter Longo's book at the moment on, on the longevity diet. Yeah. And and it's quite interesting. There's a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily agree about in there, but there's a lot of stuff that I'm fascinated by. And, um, one of the things that i've been speaking to some people about who wear oura rings is your heart rate variability can be a lot better if you have a light meal in the evening
0: i totally agree i mean would you um, agree with that well i've noticed on mine that um, if i have like a, a certain takeaway uh, like an indian for example it really does affect me uh, yeah. my, i don't see a huge amount of difference in my body temperature um, i've certainly not spotted anything on covid <laughs> yeah. uh, indicators but i've not i don't see uh, my, I t- what the biggest thing for me is my heart rate takes a lot longer to get down if i eat late that's the yeah. one thing i know because i don't drink alcohol or very very rarely yeah. do i drink alcohol so the only yeah. thing that's ever going to really impact me is the, the food that i yeah. eat so i would definitely say it takes longer my heart rate variability i don't i haven't spent enough time really watching it i mean uh, or, or investigating that mm. you probably know a lot more
1: well, it's, it's interesting because I mean, we've just been away on holiday to Cornwall and Devon for 10 days. There was a lot of ice cream, a lot of late nights, one or two drinks, a um, lot of chips. Yeah. And we were with my family and my sister's very, very keen on eating after the kids had gone to bed. So what we would do is we were like, look, we've got a week first, that's too late. But then we'd come down at eight o'clock and we'd be in the kind of hotel restaurant and maybe we'll be getting dinner and we'll be like, okay, we'll have a pudding and we'll have a portion of chips. Yeah. And yeah. actually, so so the heart rate variability and the heart rate stats weren't very good. Since we've been back, have been trying to eat l- much earlier, but lighter in the evening. And at, on right. the nights I'm having soups and eating, you know, at least four hours before bedtime. It's making quite a difference to the stats. Wow. So,
0: yeah. so the, the four hours start... Stop-
1: the four hours I always knew made a difference, or more. Mm. But I yeah. think, you know, especially a light meal in the evening, wow, yeah. that does make a difference. Yeah.
0: And do you have you tried closing your feeding window, like eating machine maybe six hours? Not.
1: Oh yeah, I've been doing that for years. I mean, it's, it's just it's just natural. I mean, I actually just ate. What what is it like quarter to one or something? And I it I just ate you. something for the first time today, and that that definitely agrees with me.
0: And are you still doing like a bulletproof coffee? Or are you avoiding that? I don't really do bulletproof coffees anymore. Do you know? I mean, no.
1: if, if I was to come around to yours and you offered me a bulletproof, I'd, I'd definitely get into it. What about you? Do you, do you drink the bulletproofs?
0: After doing my uh, experiment, I went back onto it because I was going yeah. on through a high fat diet yeah. and I'm actually got back to really enjoying it Have at you? the moment. Yeah, They're yeah, so
1: yeah. good. When you make it right, they're so good, yeah. aren't they?
0: But one thing I noticed when I came back from my holidays, which I've not had for 10 years, I got gout in my big toe. I don't know if you've ever had gout before. Gout? Gout, Yeah. It's like immensely. I've never, I had it 10 years ago once. And I, and then you realize that if you get into a, a, a keto diet and then you have things like alcohol and you have seafood, it's a, it's, a, it's a, the easiest way to get a gout attack. And oh, that was, that was sore. So yeah, you whoa, have to be whoa, whoa. careful with it.
1: So what happens with gout then?
0: It's just, it's crystals and it, it typically ends on your big toe. So my whole toe went red and swollen. I thought I'd broken my toe. That's how yeah. severe and I couldn't move. You couldn't even have the bed cover on the on my toe and uh, I had the, <laughs> my feet out the covers and it was just incredibly painful. So you just got to avoid things like red wine, uh, beer, uh, seafood, all those sort of things, mm-hmm. um, rich things like that. And then uh, it, it kind of clears itself up hopefully, but you don't want it to come back and come back time and time again if you're not careful. But that's from changing your diet, which is what I did. I went on a high sugar processed food and then I went to oh, ketosis, and then I went away on holiday and did all the things like you, ice cream and all the rest of it, and it just sure. ah, my body just went. It is,
1: it is mad, isn't it? And even having been in this world for quite a few years now, I still feel like I've got a lot to learn on the just the massive importance of diet on wellness. For instance, you know, I I don't track it, but if I was to track how my inflammation levels are, how sore my knees are, for example, after Mm. I eat uh, sunflower, a sunflower oil, I bet it would be a massive difference. It would. And I've I've noticed it without actually tracking it. I mean, the histamine stuff, this year, my hay fever was less than ever before. I always used to get hives on my hands in summer, always used to get a really blocked up nose. It's pretty much gone now. You know, I don't actually need to take antihistamines anymore. Just and did that start
0: when, when, was that when you were a kid, or did you, that start when you were 18 or something? When like I was 18, yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. A, that the first time I had it. Yeah, did it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you start really proper becoming a professional drinker. Yeah. The rest of it, you, just, you just go, <laughs> what was I doing in my life back then at that point? And you go, oh, yes, yeah. that's, that, that, that's it. I
1: mean, I, I was always more of a lightweight than my mates. <laughs> and, and, and I was just, it was so frustrating because I just thought I'm a lightweight. And actually now I know. My physically, my body was not dealing with the alcohol in the same way. And, and I, as I say to people, it is a bit of a gift discovering this stuff. All right, you're not allowed red wine and avocados anymore. But what it does is it means that you clean up your diet, whereas your mates don't have any excuse to. So they're no. still on the 10-beer on the, on the binge
0: that's right yeah and they got their beer belly and the the bread belly and everything else you go with it so then you yeah. notice that so you, with all the guests i mean you've had you get amazing guests um and uh i mean john gray for example if you can't love john gray and you know. anybody over the last year, since you've been doing your podcast i'm going to take you all the way back anyone like caught you out surprise and you go wow there's always one or two guests who just they caught me out and this is the reason why
1: well, we mentioned the Bulletproof conference. One of the conferences that I went to, I interviewed Esther Perel. I don't know if yeah. um, you know about her, but she's a relationship expert. So obviously John Gray, fantastic, another relationship expert. She was, that was like a half hour therapy session for me. <laughs> okay. but um, And it was only about a half hour interview. But I must also say that a lot of other people who've listened to that podcast said, wow, <laughs> it's almost like just listening you kind of start to act a bit kinder towards your partner and start to understand it from their point of view. It was absolutely brilliant. She's so good. I, I, I love her work.
0: There was a book, I think it was, it was at the, um, the language of love or something like that. And yes. I can't remember the name of the title, but you know, one person could be showing their love in one way, it could be buying you something, and another one showing it in another way, they're cleaning up the kitchen before you get downstairs. And both showing love in a completely different way, but because the other one doesn't quite get it, you go, ah, so understanding the love language of your partner. Yeah. It's so yeah. important.
1: I, and she I, she definitely talks on those themes. And then another one, obviously we mentioned Dave Asprey as well. I was lucky enough to go and do 40 Years of Zen, which is his have you of, um you've done that? Yeah, I have. You? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's basically this kind of uh, hideaway in the hills and the mountains above Seattle. And you go there for a week and you have electrodes stuck to your head and you do a load of meditation and they measure it all. And it is... It's it's bonkers, Mark. Honestly, yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun, and I did feel like it made a massive difference. And Dave happened to be there at the same time, Brilliant. So, so it was fun. You know, we I think we recorded a podcast there, and we also just it, it was a chance to see uh, on a personal level what a nice bloke he is, yeah. and um, try out all the crazy stuff they've got there, which is pretty special.
0: Was that in uh, in Canada? Then was that at, uh, no what, Seattle near Seattle? Seattle. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, a bit wet there, A bit like Scotland.
1: Yeah, it was like I think it was like start of January. It was very light Scotland actually. Yeah. I know it's a bit a bit even snowier. You don't get much <laughs> snow these days in Scotland, do you? So. No, yeah, a little
0: bit. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. ski resorts are struggling a wee bit. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's interesting. And how long did that? Does that still last with you? That 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 forty years is then You still feel like you know? Is was it, it something you have to keep going back and practicing?
1: I think the effects of that week would still last with me. It's not cheap, so I'm not going to go back and keep practicing it. <laughs> that's for certain. But um I think the effects would still be with me. And I think it was all part of a kind of a process of other stuff that I was doing as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it opened up a lot for me. I mean, it's quite nice. You do it in a maximum group of four people. And what happens is you kind of do these incredible meditation sessions and they kind of induce different brainwave states at different times. And then you talk it all through with a world-class therapist and you, you, know, yeah. you do a bit of group talking about it as well. So it was, it was very intimate, very deep. It's very profound. And uh, it's just fantastic.
0: And do you find? I mean, I've, I've practiced meditation on and off, and you're probably like like me. You'll focus on whatever you need right now. Like you've got a little one at the moment, so I'm sure it's all about babies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and obviously, dogs after that. Yeah. Um, what what I found with meditation, ultimately, and I'm I'm probably making it too simplified. A lot of it comes down to forgiveness. You know, just forgiving yourself or somebody else from the past. Uh, I don't know how you felt with that. If you, you, if you felt that the forgiveness was one of the biggest things that you had to do uh, with meditation. Uh,
1: yes, yeah, I think certainly. Um, I think that was definitely a theme of the week um, for me. Often it's about acceptance and letting go as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I wear one of these little wristbands that you can get carved with a with a, a word to remind you of something that you you want the odd reminder of, and it says mm-hmm. acceptance just because you know sometimes it's just good to let go I'm And i'm a very much a type a personality and i like to try mm-hmm. and you know craft the world into exactly the way i want to craft it and in some ways i think you know business owners like you for example often that kind of type a drive can be very helpful but if you, if you don't have ways to switch off <laughs> uh, it yeah. can be it, you know i mean you're lying in bed at two o'clock in the morning thinking about uh, and that's not helpful is it
0: no, no, exactly. And funny enough, you talk about words, we've got good enough uh, above, above the kids' beds as well. Have you're, you? you're, you're enough, yeah, yeah. And oh, across, have you above their beds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just because it's right. Oh, because that's I mean, so nice. I, I mean, reading, listening to some of the your, your, people you've interviewed over the years, um, it's so easy to get caught up in social and news, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, that's part of the problem is as people, if you have the news on all the time, um, you can just get a perverse way of looking at the world. Yeah. based on what people want to feed you and stuff like that so that's why i think it's so important to turn off and definitely not look at emails before you go to sleep for sure
1: yeah i i must say i mean i don't know when you're going to play this out but obviously at the moment there's uh, the the news is so dismal and depressing and i do worry about everybody and especially you know people in our country i mean i know like a lot of older people feel kind of very vulnerable a lot of people are very scared about going out, and, it, and that's totally understandable. And I, I really worry for people's mental well-being, and it, it does your absolute head in watching the news all day long or worrying about everything,
0: doesn't it? It does. And I mean, that's that's a great point you want to bring up. So you got baby, you live in London, yeah. COVID comes along in the last three, I guess, five months they say. What have you found to help your, you and your family with coping mechanisms? Is there, is there any one particularly thing you've said? No, we definitely do this, and that's made a big difference.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, a lot more time at home, a lot more time involved in childcare. And our baby is very young. So there was no, so it was just like kind of full on, you, you can't say, Give us give us a moment, pal see you in 20 minutes. <laughs> give us <laughs> a break, <laughs> man. Yeah. I mean it's funny because it is all, it, sometimes with the with the biohacking stuff, it is all the simple stuff that's not particularly glamorous, isn't it? Yeah. And we just set ourselves a task of doing at least twenty minutes workout every single day. Okay. It's not that ambitious, is it? No. But But 20 minutes, sometimes it's 30 minutes, sometimes it's an hour, sometimes it's just 20 minutes, but it's something every single day. And that does make me feel so much better. And that, Mark, actually, I'm a big fan of tracking, filling out spreadsheets, working out how I feel and trying to kind of quantify what the things that work, the supplements that work Mm -hmm. and the diets and the lifestyle practices. And workouts are one of the things that increase my energy levels the most. And I know that from the data
0: yeah and the, the, i mean the, uh, somebody exa- uh, gave me a good example which i thought was brilliant it was if if two ducks have a fight on a pond they fly off to different ends of the, the pond yeah. and then they shake it off yeah. and they get rid of the stress yeah as humans we don't we think you know if we were that duck oh, that duck that wee bastard oh, you should have done this and i should have said that and i should have done this and, and you wind yourself up don't you where in the in the animal world they just get rid of the, uh, the tension and the, yeah. the stress of it, and, and then they, they forget about it. And, and, and the just glass.
1: winding it back to the emotional freedom therapy that I mentioned before, that is the almost exact manifestation of what they're trying to achieve with tapping. Basically, right, okay. you're, you will be thinking about some of those strongest emotions that you feel but yeah. at the same time bringing things very physical because because often a lot of emotion we, we can kind of get stuck on certain emotions it's all in the head but if you're kind of tapping on weird areas of the body at the same time it's bringing it very much into the physical it's like a it's like a it's like a human version of that dog going to shake themselves off after having you know got in a fight or or the dark or whatever it might be
0: so that nlp thing i hadn't realized you've written three books which is yeah. brilliant so how did you get an NLP then? I mean, it's not—it's not, it's not uh, again. It's a bit more on the on the side there. It's not mainstream, is it?
1: Yeah, it was it's, it's interesting. I, I was, um, it was back in two thousand and four. I started studying NLP, and I was a radio presenter at the same point in Manchester. And um, obviously, the L in NLP stands for linguistic. And there's a lot of language, a lot of persuasive language in NLP, and I had the perfect place to try it out. So I, I was trying it out my radio show. And one day the boss called me into it and I was kind of trying to do it without anyone noticing, but I wasn't very good at it at that point. So it wasn't very subtle. Um, And at one point the boss called me into his office and he was kind of shaking his head and that. He said, I don't know what you've done. And I thought, oh, no, like I've, re- I've really blown it. I've layered it on a bit thick here. He said, but your listening figures have gone through the roof. And I've been trying out all these NLP techniques. And I was on the drive time show and my listeners had gone above the breakfast show, which is not the done thing in radio. So, um, so that was kind of when I first thought, hang on, there's something in this NLP stuff.
0: So, I mean, on the NLP, that's because it's also, I think a lot of it's an in internal language, isn't it? I mean, your worst critic is yourself. You know, often that you're way harder on yourself than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. So is there top tips you've learned from that about self-talk and things like that that can help?
1: Yeah. And, and um, one of the books I wrote was uh, Persuade in a Minute. So it was Relax in a Minute, Confidence in a Minute and Persuade in a Minute. And um, I wrote them with Virgin Books and Persuade was the, was the last one. And as I always said, when kind of talking about persuasion, it's it's about um, convincing other people to do what you think would be good for them, uh, and doing it with yeah. the best of intentions. But it's yeah. also about you know using the right language in yourself. And NLP has plenty of that, yeah, in terms of like um, goal setting and outcomes and affirmations, um, and being gentler on yourself as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, Cause, like you say, you are the worst critic to yourself. Yeah. So. Um, Going forward, so is the, is there a specific topic you're focusing on? I mean, typical biohackers we go, I mean, like you say, you've got baby long line. Yeah. Is there something you're going back for the next three months I'm going to be focusing on this? I, for example, am going vegan for the first time for a month. Great. Um, uh, uh, just to try it out, see what happens to the body. I've done other stuff as well uh, and, and clear my my thing uh is there is there something you're going to be focusing on for the next month two three months
1: yeah and and obviously we're not talking professional necessarily here we're talking just like stuff that we like doing and then we can always talk about it on a podcast as well Yeah. yeah i mean this is why i think we get on so well because actually like i'm fascinated to know how you get with vegan i've certainly noticed that you know a smaller portion of meat which is actually what most of the experts that you and i talk to recommend um Whether it's uh, Dr. Dale Bredesen, who calls it flexitarian, or Dave Asprey, who does say that, you know, the veggies on your plate should be more than the meat on your plate. Um, I'm interested in trying the fasting mimicking diet, which is Dr. Walter Longo's diet. And that's just, it's like a five-day fast where you're not actually totally cutting out food, but you're eating a smaller amount of calories with very well-defined macro definitions which mimics the fast in the body and you get all the benefits of it you clear out 40 percent of the white blood cells yeah. and uh, you get more clarity and focus and energy and um it's kind of a, like a reset for your body so i'm quite interested in doing that it's quite expensive
0: yeah oh, i've well. done it four times oh have you really yeah oh, yeah, yeah yeah i've done it yeah 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 oh, well yeah. i'll stop um, banging on about it please no no no, it's brilliant. Like. no no i mean uh, it, it, i uh, i uh, i've done it all and um uh it's it's great but I think Sadie, who's my wife, who's a biohacker, um, she she gets on it better than me. In some ways, I actually prefer just fasting. And I've done the water fast as well. Uh, and I don't know what it is because I just find that once my body gets into that um, that mode of fasting, I find day two a nightmare. Day three is, is not so bad. And then day four of water fast, I'm like, okay, I'm there. And I could probably go a bit further. But the mimicking diet, yes, definitely. It, it's great. It's a great way to lead you into it if you've never done like a four or five day water fast. So, highly recommend it. It is expensive, but you're paying for all the science that goes behind it, really. You you, know?
1: I mean, the. The, you can buy the reason it's, it's expensive is because it's this company called Prolon, isn't it? Which is yeah. actually, I think, Doctor Vol, Volta Lungo is involved with them. Yeah, and it's about two hundred quid for five days. But you can. There are sites where you can do the, the recipes yourself.
0: <laughs> um, if you've so, got time, if you haven't got a baby, if you haven't got business, if you haven't got yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so all and did
1: you feel? Did you? I mean, obviously, there's some of it is kind of under the hood stuff that you wouldn't necessarily notice straight away. But did you feel good after it? Uh,
0: No, absolutely. Um, uh, After the five days, you you obviously lose weight. You just naturally do. You get through the water and you get rid of all that. But um, no clarity. You do have a good clean out. I would definitely recommend it. Uh, I mean, whenever I talk about fasting in general, I always get grief from some people, especially with dogs. Because I'm like, dogs should naturally fast, just as we are for humans. But people can't right, get their heads around right. it. Yeah, my mother's the same. Son, you're looking too too skinny, man. You need ah. to eat some food. You know, <laughs> no matter what I tell her, you know, fat's not bad for your mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, so yeah, I, I, you, you have that, that people's perception of fasting's not, you know, you, you got to protect the body, but they don't understand the science of it. Uh, but I think more and more, it's getting more and more mainstream, isn't it? People are realizing actually restricted diets. Uh, restricted hours of eating and fasting bring so many benefits to it
1: yeah I, I mean i think so obviously the intermittent fasting i've been doing for years and just massively agrees with me and the, the window is fairly small each day now and that's fine and yeah because you
0: didn't eat until half 12, that half 12 you went to bed.
1: and then I'll, I'll you know i'll be finished by half six tonight but, um, 18 hours yeah i didn't actually even think about it really it's just like you know i mean i could have eaten earlier or not but and i've done some 24 hour fasts but no more than that so so yeah i'm, I'm very interested to know how you'll how adapt it to it really easily
0: so the do worst you thing you yeah. can do the toughest time i did it was straight after christmas and new year don't do that right <laughs> because yeah. you've eaten all the wrong food your body's suddenly yeah. adapted to eating all the crud stuff again yeah and then you're going oh we're going to stop it overnight yeah that, is, that was the toughest time. So I'd build up to it. So if you can start... And you're doing that now anyway. So yeah. you'll you'll find it a, a walk in the park, right. to be fair. I've um,
1: got a mate coming over for lunch after this. And thank you, by the way, for, for moving the interview a little bit earlier. Um, and he uh, went on a very posh five-day fast in Thailand. And all right. they had was some kind of pineapple juice. It was like a kind of electrolyte kind of drink that they would give. That was all they had for five days. And then straight afterwards, I think he went out on a massive bender and drank loads of beers and and ate burgers. (laughs) And I think he actually ended up in hospital. It it was not a good look. So you have to ease back into it quite carefully afterwards.
0: It's just as important. And they'll take you through that with the prolon day. It's just as important to build it back up because you got bio. I'm I'm playing around with the the microbiome um, spores at the moment. Um, Okay. Which we're doing, uh, and we just bought one out for the dogs as well. Not us, but Microbiome has. Um, so, again, for the, to improving the gut health and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's, Fantastic. It, it, fantastic. It's good stuff. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's been brilliant speaking with Tony. Where's the best people to, to come and find out about you? Because we could go on for hours now, it's all about the different stuff. Where's the best way to come and find out about you, what you're doing, the, the interviews and your podcast?
1: Well, look, I'm, you know, the site is tonywriting.com and the podcast is zestology which you can find everywhere and then i mentioned the passion project which is histamineintolerance.net um and there's a quiz. little quiz you can take on there it only takes about a minute and you can kind of fill that out to see if you have histamine intolerance which is every, everyone's interested to know that it's actually very hard to test for it which is why it's good to take a quiz and then from there you can the biggest you can indicator it. yeah
0: and zestology where where did that come from What that that word
1: um, I think in my kind of deepest, darkest days of fatigue where I was lying in bed and thinking I'd love to be out there presenting right now on sky like I normally do, but I can't, if I ever get back to full fitness, then it'd be lovely to do a podcast called Zestology and yeah. that's where it came from. And listen, just before we go, I should just say that, um, I've had one of these, um, blue canatines today. So, which is, explains the blue tongue. I hadn't noticed, but your viewers might <laughs> notice. But um, I don't normally do it actually. But they, they they sent a couple, and I thought, oh, I love it.
0: It was a gob there We know it was a gobstopper. The uh...
1: They're quite good. Have you tried them?
0: No, I haven't yet. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I not, mean I the thing
1: is that the, the full dose is like one capsule. You can have like a quarter of it, and it still works quite nicely. It's quite good. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I, I will. I'll give it a shot. Give it a shot. Yeah, do. Yeah. Great.
0: Well, thanks for that, Tony. Yeah, okay. thanks, We'll Mark. catch up again. Really Cheers, good to chat. Again. Yeah, thank you. Cheers.